It's already uh, it's already bedlam in here. It's already bedlam in here. I fixed it because uh, uh, I broke it again. Jamie Lasau has just come in and broke our headphones. I it again. It's broken. It's um. I've heard. We have we have other we have other headphones. We're we're uh, uh, we have multiple headphones here at uh, uh, ComedySchoolsRadio.com. You're listening to this American podcast, Comedy Edition on ComedySchoolsRadio.com, and in studio live. We are pleased uh, uh, pleased this punch to have Jamie uh, Lasau. I would say Lisso, but maybe Lisso. I, maybe I've been saying it wrong. Lisso. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, I have one of those names, Visic, where people go Vichit, yeah. Vichit. So it's Jamie Lisau. It's Lisso, yeah. Lisso. Or however you want to say it. All right. I mean, it seems Not like Lisau. Not LaSalle. I was on, I did a, I was a sidekick on a radio show for five years. Really? And the first week, the guy called me LaSalle, and I, every time he would say it, I would go, oh, it's Lisso. And then he just never, I, I was that for the whole five we, years. We were talking about your name before you got here, because we were talking about mispronouncing names, and that for most people, however they first mispronounce your name is how they will always say your name. Completely. Five years, I was LaSalle, and I just, I don't even hear the difference anymore. It doesn't matter to me. I know, there are people who have known me for 15 years who know me and have spent a lot of time with you call me Tony Vikich, even though it's Visic, because that's how they miss. It's they not that it's how you read it. It's it's how you read things and how it forms phonetically in your mind. That's right. They might care deeply. It's weird. It's weird too because I don't think anyone care like how I pronounce it. Especially when you're going on stage, some guys get real hung up. Like, hey, you pronounced my name wrong. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, you know, you know, no one know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You, this is exactly how I want you to introduce me. Yeah. And this is how you say my name, and, and you say one little thing wrong, and they um, and they go, you said it, yeah, they get very upset by that. When I was hosting once, I walked into the green room, and this guy, I can't remember his name or I would tell you, he was writing, like he was he was finishing writing on a piece of paper, and he turned it over and was writing more on the back, and I go, <laughs> I go, hey, is that your intro? And he goes, yeah. And it was his <laughs> intro. I thought he was, I thought he was writing a journal or a letter to someone. It was the longest intro. I think he didn't have forty-five minutes, and he wanted yeah. the intro to be five of the forty-five. What's your take on? I mean, what is your intro? Uh, sorry about this. <laughs> uh, it's it's my intro. I I do because I have the the Netflix show Real Rob. Yeah. So I say he has a net. You know, he has a TV show on Netflix right now with Rob Schneider. What I did there is I attached myself to someone they have heard of. Yeah. And then I go the Tonight Show. Yeah, I say that. I leave sure, off. Sure. I leave off the Leno, hoping they assume the new Tonight Show. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty simple. And then <laughs> <laughs> he's current, right? Yeah, you just leave it off. Yeah, updated. Yeah, a show. He's been on several shows. You may yeah. have seen. But I, I know it seems like the better the comic, and I'm not. And I, you know, it's someone I get blowback about this. The better the comic, the simpler the intro. Seems like it. You know, I I remember uh, um, when I was doing it and first started out and opening for people. A really funny guy go, just just bring me up, just say my name, just say. And they they'd been on maybe twenty things, and they go, just say he's been on TV because they know point. that no matter what the intro is, within a couple of minutes, it's either going to work or not work. I totally agree with you. I remember emceeing once, and as I was, wa- it was just a one nighter, not even a club. And as I was walking into the room, the guy I was walking with was like, "Hey, man, by the way." You know, I won this comedy competition, and I do this thing, and I was also on this in town. And, I, and as we walked into the room, I was like, "There's no way this guy's funny." Yeah, there's no, and he wasn't. It was yeah. just they feel like they have to pre, you know, warn you by saying like, if you're not laughing, while well, these other people thought I was funny. They're like, yeah, they, they, they telegraph their intro, they telegraph their their jokes. Uh, speaking of contests, I have to bring this in uh, uh, because you have brought with you today, Jamie, a friend of ours. Yes. Okay. Where? Uh, 
Uh, right here, right over here. Rick, you know, the very white... Rick, you look... Are you okay? George, George Hamilton, like... <laughs> Yeah. Rick is the picture of health and happiness. He is, Just look at him. He is a healthy guy. There's an alligator on his shirt. I mean, look at this. Yeah. Rick it's Bronson. A large alligator. The owner, oddly enough, of Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. Oddly. Is uh, and you know what? He's one of the um what a I'm coincidence gonna, that yeah, he's named. I'm not and I'm not gonna, I'm not blowing smoke because at this point in my life No, it, no, it, blow it, some it, smoke. <laughs> I think it, it's a Friday. At, at this point in my life, I told I told my I told my wife I go, you know, there's so little that used to matter to me that mattered to me. Not that I'm like, eh, but I go, it really wasn't so I'm not blowing smoke. You are uh, one of our favorite club owners. Not that I said I'm not blowing smoke. Allow me to. And I'm, one of, I'm one of their f- four favorite club owners oh, in the wow. city. No, <laughs> no, buddy. I mean, you, you know this show. It's two. <laughs> but you're you're the one who will come in and be one of the guys. And we've had club owners in uh, on other shows and stuff. And they come in, yes, well, you know, my theory is on comedy. And it's kind of, you are, you come in, you're one of the guys, and you have uh, uh, the prettiest club in the city. I'm going to, I will say that. And if my other friends who own clubs go, hey, they're that thin-skinned, they're not. You have the prettiest club in the city. Well, thank you. And we actually... But, but I'd like to think that when I sit in on any radio, I mean, I'm as much a... Co- I'm a comic like everybody else, and uh, I never approach uh, doing any radio or any media of any kind as, oh, here's a chance to get prolific on the art of the industry or the state of the industry. It's certainly not an address. I just like to have fun. on. We just did a show... Uh, uh, Jamie and I just did a uh, show uh, before coming here, and it was actually a really fun hour. We yeah. just uh, rolled with it, had some great laughs. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about uh, one thing before – well, two things. First off, uh, you – as far as comedy contests go, you're running like what I think is the Brahmin of comedy contests right Thanks. now. Thanks. Yeah, we're really proud of What's it. What's that? We do, we do it in every – we just finished it. We just wrapped here. I'm actually on my way to Minnesota for the finals there. We just finished the finals in our sister club in Canada last week. We do an annual contest that's called the Search for the Funniest Person with a Day Job. And actually, one of uh, Tony's graduates from uh, ComedySchools.com, Jonathan Gregory, uh, absolutely lit it up and uh, stole the show on Tuesday night. And uh, he was... uh, I've never seen that Cro-Magnum man smile as much as he did that <laughs> evening. He was a happy son of a gun. Nice. Yeah, he. I, I know that he was very thrilled. He. Uh, uh, he's come in second in several contests. Yeah, I've heard. You know, and he's always like, and one of one of the issues. But he paid me more money before this did, contest yeah, yeah, than he he's did. paid previous I judges. Know. He hit so. me up for a loan. He goes, look, this is how it works. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, well, he's got those winnings to pay you back now, so you're good. <laughs> As long as he didn't lend him more than a thousand, then you're screwed. So he won, so it's over, and he won. He, he won. won. He won the Arizona. Cool. So they they've all won. They've won the right to. They'll feature here, um, and then they'll also get the opportunity to feature at one of the other clubs, if not maybe even both. Plus, he got Amazing. a cash prize. He got a thousand yeah. dollar cash prize, yeah. and and he'll have a, an op. It, you know what? I, I like that you. Um, part of part of winning is not only a cash prize, but that you actually do have them work at your club. Um, I've noticed some contests. I'm not going to say in this city. Where people have won, and then I've talked to him a year later, and I go, I never, I never got my day. Never got my prize. Yeah, yeah I never got my prize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, and again, and, I think the difference is being a comic first, a comic that owns a club, and not a club owner who does comedy. And I think there's two very big differences. Yeah. And, and Rick doesn't say this, but the loser of the contest gets more hours at their day job. So <laughs> that's kind of nice. I can't guarantee that though. Guarantee I never guarantee it. it. Some guys but, don't end up but, I, it. but I promise that it's mo- more than likely. They get fired from their day job. I heard because then they find out that they. There's something else I want to bring up uh, 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 real quick is that um, you have a club in Canada. You were originally from Canada. Indeed. Okay, but you're as American as apple pie. Well, uh, my, my, uh, 
my tax sensibility makes me Republican, but I think my emotional swing has been Democratic as of late. But uh, in either way, I think this country is a mess. Good luck, folks. Can See I ya. ask you a question? A I'm out of here. Back to Canada. You know how we say it's as American as apple pie? Is there a Canadian equivalent? Like, do they go, oh, it's as Canadian as... Maybe it's, it's as Canadian as maple syrup would probably okay. be the first thing. But I'll I'd like to be it. as Canadian it's as a hockey skate. There you go. That's what I like. I not a hockey puck. No, not a puck. Not, yeah, because then I'm just then I'm just doing uh, Rickles. I don't yeah. want to be a hockey what puck. What are you, a hockey puck? You dumb hockey puck. Have you been to Canada a bunch? Have you ever been? I've been to Canada uh, quite a bit. Not recently, but I... I, I just, yeah. I love Canada. I've worked the the Edmonton club so many times, and it's just a fun. The Canadians, their cigarettes they have, they have such good health care that there's literally just pictures of diseases on their cigarettes, and no one cares. Really? They actually identify their cigarettes by like, hey, that, those are my black lungs. Hand them over. Like <laughs> I don't. I used to smoke exploding hearts, but now I smoke black lungs. They literally have, and they're just such easygoing people. If you punch a Canadian, they go, "Sorry, my face was there." Like they are the nicest. Most beautiful people. Now, when I was in Canada, the cigarettes were like they were a different size pack. They were a larger pack. Are they they were larger still. They're they're twenty fives and they're yeah. packed wide and not deep the way an American like a Marlboro mm-hmm. would be packed. That's is how it, I is, that how they, is that the commercial wide, not deep? Yeah. Canadian cigarettes. No, that's my commercial, but it doesn't really. <laughs> I have told that it, line it doesn't many times sell myself. for me. Yeah, wide like a beer can. <laughs> Not deep like you want. <laughs> so I just want to, before, before we move on, uh, you, you, there's been a, um, a situation in Canada, um, a, a tragedy, uh, the, the, a massive yeah. fire. And I know you've been doing a lot of work for uh, uh, fundraising. Actually, strangely enough, how everything kind of comes full circle. We were just talking about this earlier. You know, we were talking about the real Rob on Netflix, and I was saying if there's any two people that are worthy of a good viewership and uh, and really happy for them that they got picked up for season two is uh, Jamie and Rob because. Uh, Rob, when he heard about the fires going on in Fort McMurray, just north of our sister club up in Canada in Edmonton, and I mean real, really close, four hours away, so close that uh, out of the 90,000 people that live in the community that were evacuated, that literally became refugees, uh, around 20,000 of them were sent to Edmonton. And um, so our city's just been bombarded with all these poor victims of this fire. But Rob was the first person to reach out to me, uh, incredible social conscience, called me up and said, what can we do? And sure enough, within eight days, we had a date planned, and he was at the club in Edmonton after coming off a vicious tour. I mean, he literally went from Florida to California, up north to Canada, to go back down to California to go on tour with uh, Sandler and uh, Spade, and uh, helped us raise over $65,000 in one night of comedy. And on top of that, both our provincial, which is like our state government, and our federal government matched that investment so uh because of rob's generosity and uh, some hard work of a really good team up in canada we raised almost two hundred thousand dollars for the victims of this fire fantastic and jamie hasn't done a damn thing right he's no i've no. Ra- they've matched my zero dollars yeah. uh for a time. <laughs> i matched it 10 times i matched jamie's 10 times is this is this fire still burning it is still burning Jeez. yeah um but uh, fortunately it's been out of the harm's way of uh any major, uh, you know, um, it's been mostly rural and uh, forest forest areas right now, uh, as opposed to the fact that it literally swept through an entire city. Roughly 2,500 structures in one city are completely gone. Just so, just like, like a war zone. Yeah, wow. I mean, they they figure it's going to be the largest insurance claim in Canadian history, and they're predicting close to nine billion dollars. So now, let me ask you this, okay? So it's 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 a massive fire. And uh, uh, you by know. the way, this is the funniest comedyschools.com has ever been. <laughs> <laughs> Please give to the Red Cross. I'm gonna, and adopt me. Well, 
<laughs> my whole set is on the fire. My entire set. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize hey, for the I serious stuff, but I, I will say this it. though: as serious as, as the subject is, the fact that I think the comedy brethren came together. As a matter of That's fact, we had a hashtag that was called uh, "Comics C O M I C S four number four uh-huh. Y uh, M M," which is the airport code for Fort McMurray. Yeah. So we had this big pool of comics for Y M M and fellow uh, comics and friends, uh, not just Rob showing up, but guys like Harlan Williams and uh, T J Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all went online and posted a little video uh, in support of comics for YMM. Yeah. So I think it's great how all these clowns were amongst the first people to really get behind such a serious, devastating natural disaster. I retweeted yeah. it to tens of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just you to did. show my support. And we appreciate that. Yeah. I talked about it right now. Thank so that you. Was <laughs> Thank it's really you. current. That's Thank you, Mr. Johnny, two weeks late to the party. <laughs> That's my contribution. I go, if it's still going on, we'll bring it up. It's kind of like if your wife tells you there's a bug downstairs, you go kill it. I go, if it's still down there when I get up to go to the bathroom, I'll kill it. But I don't, at this point in life, I'm not getting out of bed unless there's a really good reason. You know? Well, this was definitely a really good reason to get out of bed. And again, I, I can't thank Rob enough, and I can't encourage uh, everyone out there enough to really, I mean, f- what, it really is a great show. Have you seen any of The Real Rob with uh, with Jamie? I mean, I have not. I uh, gonna, you really yeah, have to. Gonna, yeah, we're going to. Now I feel really remiss. I feel remiss in my comedy duties that I have not seen The Real Rob. It's tell, all us, right, tell us about The Real Rob. I'll tell you a little bit. I'll do a quick thing. It's basically okay. an exaggerated version of, of Rob Schneider's life. He has like yeah. a young, young hot wife and a little baby that he has to deal with. So it's not just the, you know, being a celebrity is not just awesome. And I know this because I, I met his house all the time. It's, it's very, it's loosely based in reality. But sometimes yeah. it's awesome. Sometimes it's really tough. And I play his assistant. Okay. We have some good guest stars like David Spade did something for us. And Norm McDonald's in there and George Lopez. And it's a pretty funny show, man. You know, uh, there's something we, we know about Rob Schneider's life that um, he has a daughter who's uh, pretty famous right now. Oh, yeah. He does. Yeah. He does. I mean, I, I, I mean she, I, there's a song I heard on the radio, and, it just, and I, I go, I really like this song. And I thought, this song's really gritty, and this girl's got to be, like, from the streets that she has this. And it's Rob Schneider's daughter. That's right. What's the name of that song? He Made Her Live on the Streets. He Made Her Live it on the Streets. It was... Uh, you I, go live by the dumpster to be famous. Is it X's and O's? Yeah, X's, X's and O's, yeah. I saw... we, Me and Rob were flying into New York City once, and his daughter, Elle King, was performing at the Beacon Theater. And not only did I get to see her do a song, we barely made it. Afterwards, we went to... I would say the place held 100 people maximum. I saw Rob, who can sing... And his daughter sing karaoke. Yeah, that's funny. Just I've killing video, it, crushing I have a video it. Video of it. Just destroy. I mean, this Alki, she she's amazing, and Rob is unexpectedly a good singer. And I think they sang "Summer Love." It like, like it was just a just destroyed, just crushed it. It was a beautiful moment. Did you know him? So pro- so good that Huey Lewis showed up and said, "I can't do this." So good, the news <laughs> couldn't even get in. I mean, yeah. it was so packed. The yeah. greatest rock band in in the history of rock music, Huey Lewis and the News. Hands down, bar none. Amazing. Above the Stones, the Beatles. It's about time they got yeah. their cred. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> if you heard, did you know Rob Schneider prior to the show? Did you audition for the show? I literally opened for him once. I was a radio guy. I was a sidekick on a radio show. And where was that? Rochester, New York. Okay. And uh, the reason I left was I was a sidekick on a radio show in Rochester, New York. <laughs> <laughs> and so... <laughs> He called in. <laughs> he called in one day. Was doing a show in town, and they had because I was like the radio goofy guy. Open yeah. form was a benefit, and he, he, he. I literally was on stage. I met him for two seconds before the show. I love. I loved him. I was a huge fan. Yeah, more than even Adam Sandler. Heard a guy laughing off stage. Oh, by the way, you're gonna like this, Rick. At this show it was a packed theater because it was a benefit. So it was like a really nice venue, and I was following 
an improv group. So an improv group went up and did 20, and then I got to go up and do 15 in front of Rob. I feel like if there's comedy in heaven, you get to follow an improv group. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was the funniest guy. They they were just like, oh, my God, something pre-written. And I literally had the best out of my life because it was like a pretty new improv group that had gone up, and they were having a little bit of trouble. And I was like, this is like... This is unbelievable. And so I got up. I, was, I did really well. One of the best hits I've ever had. Here, a guy laughing off stage. I walk off stage. Here's Rob Schneider watching me. Like, who even watches the opener? Like, guys don't get out there and yeah. watch. And he shakes my hand and goes, "Don't go anywhere. I want to talk to you after the show." I'm like, wow. So I watch his show, and we. I end up writing for him for the next two years, freelance writing when he's going on, uh, you know, uh-huh. Tonight Shows or Howard Stern. I would write, and then fast forward, I ended up quitting my job. Just on a, you know, I called the him. The radio job. Radio job. Was you, were you like the guy in the hot dog in the corner and going, hey, we're going to see people throw eggs at the hot dog, the hot dog Jamie. Dude, we, I, thank God it wasn't as much like stunt stuff as that. That's what I would do just to relax. Yeah. I was put on the hot dog costume. But it was, I was just like, you know, I, you know what it was? I'll be honest. I, I felt it was a show where they didn't get my humor very much. It was almost like for <laughs> five hours a day performing at a bad venue. I can't believe you said that out loud. But it was for real. Like, was, it it was, a like music, was it a music show? Five or and a sh- half hours of talk. Five and a half hours of talk. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't talk much. Comedy talk, news talk. That's what they assumed. They they would have. They thought it was comedy. comedy. Yes, yeah, they. Comedy. They thought it was when, comedy. And when I talked, they thought it was tragedy. Yeah. And, and so I, I got out of that kind of like what I felt was a bad situation and just like literally jumped and the net will appear type of thing with no pl- – my wife is a stay-at-home mom, two kids. I had no gigs. Wow. I wrote the pilot with Rob for Real Rob. I was not in it. I was just a writer. Uh-huh. And then two weeks before we shot, I got the role as his assistant because a guy dropped out. He had me audition at his kitchen table. Really? He just said, read for this. I read. He goes, all right. It wasn't right. like a weird kitchen table thing. It wasn't like. No, it wasn't under that. the table. It was uh, above the table. And he goes, <laughs> he, he literally goes, okay, change the name of this guy to Jamie. You're, you're going to play Jamie. It's a, it's a pretty big role. It's yeah. pretty crazy. to, But no time to even be nervous. Now, let me, uh, a couple things. So is the dough for like a Netflix series? So you have a wife and two, ki- and two kids. Yeah. How old are your children? I have a one, a five-year-old, a one-year-old boy. A five-year-old girl and a seven-year-old boy who's actually hanging out with me this week. Oh, okay, fancy. So you have three. I have three. It's where sometimes people ask me, uh, like, who my favorite is of the three. I don't know if you get, and w- you're not supposed to have a favorite, but I'll, I'll just tell you, it's my neighbor's kid. <laughs> he is just adorable. I got a picture of him on my phone if you guys want to. But yeah, I got, uh, I got, I got three. You got three. So three and a half. I there's a, ne- there's a Netflix well, you series. Get an, you can start an improv troupe. That's yeah, right. That's, that's not bad. bad. Have them open for you, and then you'll look great. I'll be like, uh, give me an occupation. No, seriously, give me an <laughs> occupation. <laughs> my buddy, Dave, just real quick off, my buddy Dave Mary had the best line. He goes, I have a theory on improv. There should be an E on the end of the word. Oh, <laughs> I'm clapping right now. I don't know if you can hear this. That is brilliant. brilliant. You know, improv, is. it started out as like a series of acting exercises. That they went yeah. we could put on a show. Invented in Calgary, Alberta. Yeah, yeah. I'm never going back to Calgary. Oh, there you yeah, go. that's yeah. But and Netflix, you, like you were asking, it's, it's good, good deal. It's a good deal. And it, it always with any, I think with almost any TV, unless you're a huge, huge star, the it gets better when you get season two, and we just got picked up. So well, you t- uh, sorry okay. to interject, but he touched on something earlier that I thought was fascinating. Maybe you can reiterate for Tony was the rating story. How someone once asked the Netflix folk yeah. what the rate is. I mean, this is brilliant. This they don't just, care about this, ratings. This just tells you they the generation care. that they're living yeah. in. And the the CEO of Netflix is the greatest guy. Real friendly, like just real supportive of his people. 
I'm trying to think if I can say. Yeah, I okay. I I heard like the I heard like I heard the conversation where they just decided we we're doing season two, and I'm not. There were no agents and managers. It was just a couple guys on the phone. And yeah, then it got hammered out by agents and managers. which was just a couple guys talking is how the deal got made basically. And um, someone asked the CEO of Netflix like, "What about ratings? Like, how can we find out about ratings?" And he goes, "Hey man, I, what is ratings? Like, that's this word you guys made up." We yeah. put on our shows, and we believe in these shows, and we have members that watch the shows. Like, what, what do you want? What are these numbers you guys make? We don't have ratings. We have shows that we put out. Like, when you paint a picture, you don't go, "How many people looked at it? How many of you sold?" Like, you go, "Hey, I painted this thing." Picasso this, never had ratings. Yeah, we have, this is what we, have we do. Content. Dude, yeah. I, when I yeah. read that article, I go, "We're I, we're in the best possible." Netflix is bigger than NBC. I mean, it's they have so many. They, I think they have eighty million subscribers. Yeah. If you know ten percent watch, that's I don't you know I'm not as good at math, but it's millions of people, eight million people. <laughs> if it's ten percent, which is what they say, I think it's like seven percent watch everything on Netflix. There's these diehard Netflix guys. So say it's five percent, four million people watch. Uh, well, there's people that only have Netflix now. I mean, people oh, are yeah. just they're just cutting the cord and they're dropping the dish. Yeah, dro- my my kids' generation, everything is stream content. The only time my kid watches TV with me, my eldest, my 20-year-old, is if it's sports. And even then, more often than not, he's watching it on his iPad up in his bedroom yep. before he comes down and watches five minutes My daughter has no television in her house. She watches everything on her phone. Of course, she uses like our HBO and Showtime password. Mm-hmm. Netflix is probably even bigger than people realize because everybody's borrowing a Netflix That's password. That's right. You're, you know? That's a good point. Because so, I did the same thing, man. I, got, I have Netflix, and I got rid of all of my friends. <laughs> just, watch, just all I do is watch Netflix. <laughs> so you're making. So let me. So the money being paid, it's it's marriage money, but it's not divorce money, is it? It's not. It's not divorce money. It's not divorce money. You know. By what the I way, mean? you got to make sure you have twice as much as twice you. Twice as much for divorce it's, money. It's screw you money, not f you money. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. There, there. We were looking. It's, at, we were I looking disagree. At phrase. I strongly disagree. Money. <laughs> <laughs> I have another side to this, honey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I want to ask you a question. This is probably a little long. So, uh, uh, a lot of the guy, a lot of people come in that we we know, okay, and then you were one of them that we didn't know. So we didn't. We wanted. We researched a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we didn't know you had a Netflix show, so our research wasn't yeah, that deep. That. But I knew about the recovery comedy thing. Yes. Okay? I'm not even I, sure how you get to that. From I, think, I think I stopped there. I watched a bunch of your videos. It's actually, but in your defense, it is actually hard to kind of locate. You have to put it into Google. Yeah. And um, then it comes up. I would have so to can, know you and put your name in. Yeah. And it it's like a Google. search engine. It's a big one. And long it's not thing. even one of the well, top maybe, maybe if you knew your domain, he'd be yeah, able to maybe. find yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, by the way, I don't want... I did put you in Google. It wasn't one of your show on Netflix. was not one of the top things. I'm sure it was. You know what your top thing was? The show with a young man named Jay Leonard. Oh, Jay Leno, yeah, yeah. Leno, Leno. That's the first thing that pops up. I'm, I'm going to do a your, Google test right now. Yeah, but you have, you're Canadian, you have Canadian Google. <laughs> I wonder why that is. I know you're right because I, as comedians, at 3 in the morning, you're supposed to wake up and Google your name. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do, and I've yeah. done it. And I, so I know you're right. I've seen it come Beats up. It's the other thing you Google. You don't want to do that. You By have the no way, energy when you get home. Can I just say I don't want people to think all I do is write off the success of Rob Schneider. Like, I mean, that's a lot of what I do. <laughs> but if anybody wants to hear about like my own projects, you can check out my website. It's uh, robschneidersfriend.com. You can get on there. <laughs> and, uh, uh, am I right, Rick Brunson? The first thing that pops up 
Is his Tonight Show appearance his tonight with Jay Tonight Show Leno. appearance followed by uh, another stand-up appearance, but then the next two are that. House of Comedy links. House of Comedy links. And his next thing is the IMDb. But if, I mean, let's see what your let's see if your IMDb is up to date. I Maybe hope it that's is. the. Uh, it sure is. And then your your live at Gotham appearance. Live at Gotham. Uh huh. Dude, yeah, it's so filthy. His first two filthy. filmography credits are Norma the North and Real Rob. And so I'm watching you on a Tonight Show, and I'm going, and, and we're going, wow. Very well written, very well delivered stuff. Oh, and I watch thanks. your live at Gotham thing, and I go, he. Um, I got he, dirty. Yeah, I got dirty. Yeah, he got down. And it was still well written. It was live. They couldn't cut it. And yeah. So like, that's the opportunity you use to. That's like the one TV show where you can be as dirty as you want. So everyone's live at Gotham is, even if you're kind of clean, mine's filthy. Because I yeah. knew there was, nothing, there was nothing they could do, and I could do that other, the cleaner stuff on other shows. All right, so here's what I want to ask you about, okay? So at some point, you got serious, more serious about your career. <laughs> than you had been at the beginning, and I'll tell you how I knew, is because you dropped about 30 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I, on your Tonight Show, okay, and you end it with a very funny physical bit, because you call them back to a joke. Yeah. Okay? But you were like, one of those, like, there's guys that are on the road, and they take dope, or they gamble, or they sleep with prostitutes, or they go to the gym. I go, this is a go-to-the-gym guy. I go, yep. this is this is like a this is like a married, doesn't fool around on his wife guy, and I can tell because what he does on the road is go to the gym. I do. Like, yeah. I do all four of those things, but I go to the gym first. <laughs> um, and then for cardio, I'll do the prostitute. And... Uh, <laughs> How many, how many calories do you burn on a it's, prostitute? It's a lot. It is. It's okay. a, a lot of That's it is. Sure, surely note to self. Hang a, on. A lot <laughs> of it is from uh, running from the pimp. That's <laughs> yeah. a uh, a hit workout. Yeah. It's a, what, a great theological it's, debate. Uh, how also many, a great how disco hel- song yeah. in the 70s, I believe, running from the pimp. <laughs> how many hell's angels can stomp on the head of a pimp? That's a great theological debate. What is it? How, oh, how many? <laughs> So Shirley actually has a calorie counter because we've been, uh, uh, my wife and producer of the show, because we've been counting calories because my doctor said yeah. I had to lose weight. And I go, why? He goes, I don't know. Just lose it. <laughs> it's one of the things that we say to people. Don't smoke, lose weight. I'm married to a calorie counter. She goes, that has too many calories. Yeah. That's my wife. So Shirley can look up how many calories you lose having sex with a prostitute. That's pretty good. Yeah. And yeah, so, but I basically was like a gym guy, but I was, I was one of these guys. Guy. I still am, but I'm off the pared steroids. down. You got off the roids. I got off the carbohydrates, the yep. extra. Because I would drink. My problem, this is, a tr- this is true. I swear to God, I'm not trying to be funny. Other guys, when they were on the road, they would wake up <laughs> well, with <try. laughs> girls. Yeah. Right? Like, they would wake up and go, like, what have I done? Right? Like, they woke, they woke up with a girl they shouldn't have been with. I swear to God, I'm not trying to be. I would wake up next to, like, an empty bag of Doritos. Like, no! How could I have done? I must have been so drunk. How could I cheat on my turkey? <laughs> And so that's what I would do when I would drink. I would end up, or I, I blacked out once. I was bla- I blacked out hundreds of times. But one time, I woke up and had called down to room service and ordered one of everything. <laughs> Spent like three hundred. I woke up I'm like, what is happening? I was just in a sea of food. So that's why I would like gain a little weight. And when I quit drinking, that's literally, I can point to the moment of. If you want to improve your life, I'll tell yeah. you guys uh, the. The prerequisite is you have to already be drinking two bottles of whiskey a day. Just stop drinking the whiskey. Yeah. Like when I stopped drinking, literally that's when like sort of everything came together because I dropped the weight, got the Rob show. I don't know if I would have gotten the Rob show if I hadn't lost a little bit of weight. My work ethic was better. I was like the call me at – one of my reasons for quitting drinking was Rob called me once, Rob Schneider, and he goes, dude, I'm doing this thing. It's really important. I'm roasting Quentin Tarantino. Like do you have any jokes? And I was a little buzzed. Yeah. And I couldn't pull it together. 
and thank God I had like the next day to work on it. Uh-huh. But I thought I'm never going to be that guy again. I'm going to be the guy that's always ready to to write those jokes for you at three in the morning. That's how it started. Yeah, with quitting, and then like everything sort of followed suit. And you you wake up with uh with more money. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? When you don't drink, you wake up with more. Yeah. And I have like a pocket full of self respect. Yeah. Uh, you don't lose all that stuff anymore. You know. <laughs> I know when I when I stopped drinking, listen, I went, wow, I can do things I never did before, like pay my rent. It's a pay you know? your rent, yeah. get an erection, lots of yeah. things. But yeah, apparently yeah. you weren't drinking enough because he stopped drinking. He's built like a, a brick crap house. And yeah. you, <laughs> you and I don't drink and we're built like crap. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a, He's got the body of a Greek god. We got the body of a goddamn Greek. <laughs> I have the body of a Greek urn. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun being a comedian that kind of works out because I barely work out. Like I do some chin ups and I, I walk a lot. I try to work when I work on the phone. I always walk. Yeah. Every phone call, a little little fitness tip. Every phone call I get, I just walk. I meet. I pick it up, especially if it's somebody that talks a lot. Yeah. I used to have this manager that talks so much. I would go. My I'd be talking to my wife. She, I'd go, Hey, it's my manager. I'm gonna go for a three hour walk. And I would like. I think I lost weight because he he didn't have any other clients and he would just <laughs> talk to me. I just go walking around. <laughs> And so that's how I. That's how I did. Do you still it, have that manager? I don't anymore. Yeah. I just. I just. No, he was great for getting his guys pre-work ready, but he wasn't. Good <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> he was great. He was good for pumping you up. You gotta get out there. You gotta tell jokes. You gotta tell them yeah. hard. Yeah. I haven't gotten any gigs, but I'm down thirty pounds. That's right. I'm down thirty weeks and thirty pounds. What's your? I mean, so what's your writing process? Uh, you write really good jokes. I mean, I, I Thanks, watch a bunch man. of stuff, you know, and uh, um, they're not telegraphed. You know, I, I know a lot of writers. I've written for a long time myself, and a lot of times I can beat a guy to a punchline, you know, and on a lot of your stuff, I was constantly surprised. So how did you start out writing jokes? Did you just watch other comics, or did you ha- already have an odd way of thinking? You realize you thought differently like a lot of people do and then started funneling that into joke writing? How did that How did that transpire? I think I do, I do have a little bit of a different way of thinking, but what I do is I... I guess it's called, like, technically it's called modeling. I'm a big podcast guy. Okay. And so I feel like I've been recording myself when I drive. I never allowed myself the entire time I was on the road as a young comic. I never allowed myself to turn on the radio, ever. And I would always have a tape recorder. And I was I just never allowed – and so if you don't have your head filled with stuff, you end up kind of talking and writing. And I would come up with, like, an 11-hour drives. I'd do a joke or two. I would just say, hey, no radio. Like, I'm just going to listen to my head. And then recently, for I'm working on a new hour – and I was having like a little bit of trouble because, you know, you write, t- I have two hours that I wrote. I want a new one for TV. And I go, why am I having trouble like with this new hour? And it was because I was having trouble letting go of these jokes that like I'm, I'm here at the club and I have an hour that I've never done here before Yeah, that I would love to do and just crush and whatever. But I also have to be working on this new stuff. And what I did was I go, what's the solution to this? I called five friends who have multiple comedy specials. Some of them are famous. Some of them have, like one of my friends is, uh, his name's Ted Alexandro, and he's like got a couple sure. half-hour specials. And he opens for uh, Jim Gaffigan and Louis C.K. He's their opener on the road. And so I called him, and I literally did like sort of an interview podcast just for myself. And mm-hmm. I said, how do you write material? And then I researched like how does Bill Burr write material? And I kind of put it all together. And so now I go to the club. This week's an exception because I have my son, but I treat this. This is a job. It's not just the hour on stage. Sure. I show up an hour before the show. I bring my laptop. I listen to last night's show tonight because most of my writing I've discovered. I love radio. Like, you see how we do the jokes and everything, and it kind of comes out. We didn't write any of this ahead of time. My funniest stuff comes from just, like, hanging out. And so 
I lose a lot of it because I say it on stage. I forget every every morning I listen to my set from the night before, yeah. and that's how I get most of the stuff. And then you got to tweak it a little bit and work on it. But every day I listen to the show from the night before. You know, you said some very interesting things here. When I'm working with young comics, I go boredom is your friend, and they go, "What do you mean?" I go, "There is so much input, multiple input that you get nowadays. You know, podcast, radio, television." Internet, you know, whoever you're talking to, if you're paying attention to them. Yeah. I said, I, on uh, on my way home at night, a lot of times, when I used to travel, I would turn off the radio and literally talk, and I would talk to myself. I wasn't smart enough to record it and just create characters. Right. And then get home and go, okay, what do I remember from that? I mean, I'd get it down fairly quickly. What do I remember from that to be worthwhile? So. I love that you said boredom is your friend. I can't tell you how many funny bits I've come up with listening to my wife tell me a story. <laughs> it is unbelievable. <laughs> but you know, I want to steal this from Bill Burr. Yeah. He said, I was reading, I didn't talk to him. Like, I would have loved to talk to him yeah. as one of my people. He said this thing that, that rang true to me. I was like, oh my God. He said he doesn't write down his bits before the first time he performs them because, say, like I something happened funny on the way to the radio station where like I fell and then like I saw whatever whatever it was that's funny. Yeah. I wouldn't write it down to tell Rick. I would go, dude, listen to this. And I would tell it to you and it would probably be funny because this is what I do for a living and it's and in I, the moment. And it's in the moment. And then he goes, Then you take that onto the stage because yeah. you don't write down your funny stories you tell your friends you put them in your head and then you go how is this gonna and then think about every time you've had a funny story that you've told 10 times to 10 different people the last time you tell it it's got punchlines, man yeah. yeah on stage or not like with your family you come up with I'm gonna get on on this laugh where I say this thing I just thought that was that was brilliant I always uh, I, I don't know I always like kind of suss it out like if I have an idea maybe I put down a few keywords, <laughs> one sentence so that I got something to refer to one of the problems with writing yeah. sometimes is since almost all comedy is reactive or it's contextual, you say something, I say something, you make a joke about it, etc. Yep. So it's contextual, and then you're staring at a blank page, there's no context. So if you got some context to work from, yep. you know, so I'll suss it out like that, you know, but I, I don't, one of the problems is, is that you remember things through experience or through sensory or through uh, pictures, and then once you write it down, then you're trying to remember the words and you're not focusing on that sensory experience that made it funny. I swear that's kind of what I got that Louis C.K. told my friend that he told me. Yeah. It was sort of that, that head to mouth is different than head to hand to yeah. paper to reciting. It's a different part of your brain recites than tells a story. Yeah. You're recalling as opposed to, we'll be back with science today in I just agree. a moment. Which is always um, why I think when a comic tells a story that's uh, that's actually based in truth, something that actually happened to them, transpired, as opposed to as opposed to something fabricated, clearly fabricated. Right, you can, yeah. you can hear it. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, you, you just you just know when a guy is delivering his joke from both his, not just his head but his heart as yes. well, and there's a big difference. Well, the, you know, there was a, there's a, an argument in, in in great acting schools too between reality based and imagination based. Like Lee Strasberg was reality based. And uh, Stella Adler was imagination-based. And people say, well, who was right? And I go, well, Lee taught James Dean, and Stella taught Robert De Niro. So, you know, who was right? So in Stella's world, in, in Lee's world, you had, if you were going to be doing a scene, you had to call on a real experience in your mind mm. to have that emotion come forward. Like, you know, it's supposed to be your brother's dying. Well, no family member ever died. Lee said to me one time, he goes, you ever have an animal died? I go, I saw a dog. You know, He said, picture that in your mind. Now say the words. It'll be a real emotion. Stella would say, imagine your brother's dead. 
Right. So it's what, so funny you said that Rob wants to me in a scene said like imagine like literally imagine your cat just died and it didn't work because I hate cats <laughs> and so I delivered it with such happiness <laughs> with pure joy but it was real man so sometimes I think imagination based jokes can work as long as you're believing it mm-hmm. you know as long as it's it's it, it's a reality inside you. But, you know. I do a little bit of, like, I combine the two, I think, like Rick said. Yeah. Like, I'll do a joke about my wife that's true, but I'll, like, it, just a little bit of exaggeration. Like, I'll say we've had sex within the last year. You know, just stuff that's not, <laughs> it's not exactly yeah, true. Well, you know, that's, yeah, that's not true at all. You're married with three kids. Dude. You're afraid of sex now. Do you want to have more kids? Are you going to, are you are you, all, are you Catholic, or what's the deal? Three kids in this era? No, I j- my wife, they just have lots of children over there. Like, her sister has seven children. Wait, where, where's over where? Over. Oh, just, like, in their family. I just mean over there. Like, I picture it like this <laughs> this world. Just over there. There's a, I swear, I get these. I get these. I know you can't see this on the air, but I'm going to show you this just to get your reaction to it. Every time I go on the road, my wife has more. There's either more children or more pets. Like, I'll get a text. I'm on stage the other day last week. This happens every week to me. And I'll get off stage, and there's ten texts. Yeah. Like, all right, what's going on? I've only been on stage for an hour. Like, what could have been? And the first one will say, like, hey, look at this bunny that needs a home. It would be a picture of a bunny with an ad. Like, oh, loving bunny, good with kids, whatever, poops spherically. And it'll say, like, whatever. And then, like, the next thing, it'll say, like, I'm just going to go over and say hi to the bunny. And then the last text will be my daughter holding the bunny. And it'll say, like, meet Huckleberry. <laughs> like, it's in our house. She's already – there's no, and what do you do? Like, not have a bunny now yeah. that it has a name? I get she this doesn't one. have the nerve to send you an audio track of Sarah McLaughlin first. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that does, whenever I hear that song, I literally just pick up the phone and buy a dog. Just, <laughs> but this, my wife sends me this two weeks ago. I live in Alaska. You live in Alaska. And my wife sends me this picture of a moose in our right up against the glass door, like the sliding glass door. With she's holding my one-year-old baby. She sends me this moose, and I write back because I'm an overprotective parent. I go, dude, can mooses? freaking kill people because the baby is right next to the moose and she writes back the plural of moose is moose because i said moose is correct by the way and i wrote back hey i feel like you knew what i meant <laughs> by the and way, I wrote, what's the plural of bitch? Bitches or bitch eye? By the way, I'm taking the baby to the hospital because of the. So you live in Alaska? Yeah, I do. I live in Alaska. You're a comic. A successful comic, by uh, by all evidence at this point, okay, who lives in Alaska. How I don't like I don't like competition. You know, in LA <laughs> and New York, there's all these guys. I go, where can I be ranked number one? Do you know? Honest to God, you know how many comics are in Alaska? <laughs> Zero, Zero, because I'm here. Because I'm here. I'm the only guy. I used to play Alaska. It was you know yeah years ago. There was a place called Pierce Street Annex in Anchorage, and they would bring in comics once a month, and it was. Um, it was quite an experience. Did you ever do Fairbanks? Because um, I live in Fairbanks, which is not even Anchorage. Yeah, it's not even Anchorage. Anchorage is a city. Like there, There's actually a comedy club in Anchorage called, I don't even remember, it's called Chillicoo Charlie's. And I swear yeah. to God, it is a party. Like I will not go back because I don't drink anymore. But I remember going on stage and doing what you call like some well-crafted material stuff I've yeah. been working on forever and getting like a smattering of applause and then destroying because I did I chugged a beer and did a shot. Yeah. And they went crazy. And I remember doing my set going, I don't know what to close on. And I ended up just going, hey, can you bring me a couple drinks? And yeah. drank them and they got off stage. My, uh, before I ever worked, uh, when I first started, I have a very good friend. I have a very good friend, uh, Canadian comic, uh, Mike McDonald. You know yep. Mike? I know okay. that guy. Mike McDonald saw me the first night I ever did stand-up at Laugh Factory in Sunset. And I came off, and we're all sitting in the car. I go, what would you think? He goes, you're funnier in the car. 
<laughs> I go, what? He goes, maybe we should just get a bus. Hilarious. Get a bus and you can stand there and talk on the bus because you're funny in the car, but when you got on stage, you sucked. Oh, God, that's funny. <laughs> and it was going back to what we were talking about is I'd written down all the... When I'm in a car just spritzing out, it was funny. And there's like veteran comics, him and Rich Scheidner. Rich Schneider told me an Alaska story one I time. I love Rich Schneider. By the way, performing in a car is great because it just takes four people to sell it out. Yeah. Well, just you and four people. Seinfeld's yeah, but, but got that you, down. If you walk someone, it's dangerous. It is dangerous. Yeah. yeah you yeah. don't want to walk it. That's why McDonald uh, suggested a bus. Ah, oh, that yeah. makes sense. Rich Schneider told me a story of he going at the... He's the greatest storyteller. Sorry to interrupt, yeah, but he, ever. He's a, ever. Yeah, I, and, and I just... He's a real close... I just saw him last week. We were hanging out. I've known him... 30, over 30 years. I barely know him, and I love him. From yeah. a little bit close and then a far too. I, brilliant, yeah. brilliant comic. One of those guys, you know, you hear about those guys when you're younger, where the, you hear comics talking about, go, and you don't know who he is, but he was the greatest comic. He was the biggest influence. And you never want to be that guy, but Rich has kind of become that guy. Yeah, guru. You know? Yeah, uh, but he told me, uh, going to Alaska for the first time, it was a place where it was a strip club till 7 o'clock, then comics. <laughs> And it had been a week since they'd done a comedy show, and he goes to the condo, and Vic Dunlop, mm -hmm. who was a very funny guy who's no longer with us, sticks his head out, and there's two naked women behind him, and he's got coke all over his face going, run, run while you still have a chance. Get out. <laughs> Richard and I went back to Alaska like five times. See, so. if I had been in that situation, I would have run towards him. Yeah, I believe that he did at that point. <laughs> at that point, he did run towards him and then ran away from him hilarious so but you did you were born in alaska no my wife's from there i actually was doing comedy my my agent who you know the year the business of, of comedy here about agents and managers being yeah. mostly kind of bad people and yeah. uh because a lot of them are bad you know people. a little cutthroat a little not that friendly my agent who, who ended up being a buddy of mine his the first gig he booked me was headlining in Vegas at Catch a Rising Star. I'd never headlined Vegas before. Pretty cool. Second gig he booked me was uh, Fairbanks, Alaska, and I was performing at this comedy venue. You know, it's five different bars that you sort yeah. of go to. One's an Air Force base, bar on an Air Force base, whatever. Yeah. And um, I, I meet the owner. Great guy. Love this guy. We get. He used to be a musician. I love him. And uh, waitress is there that night. I end up getting. Uh, we end up getting along. It's his daughter. We get married uh, literally a year to the day I met her. And so wow. I just go, let me marry the owner's daughter, you know, and probably at the very least. I'll get You're booked, a cold I'll get calculating more. son of a man. It's I was. And it was a lot. I was living <laughs> it's in a lot of commitment to get yeah. a five night, a week, <laughs> yeah. five night booking is. a year. Yeah. It's a lot. And it was like I lived in L.A. at the time. And I go, either she loves me or she's just cold. Yeah. And she needs a place to go. But that's the story. And she, we've gone back there. It's killer small town. Her family, I feel like, has earned us to live near them. They've yeah. Been, beyond supportive and and so that's that's what we did and so now we live there so what's with this sarah palin i know nothing about her <laughs> i've never met her is she still around there's she's 12 people stuff? in alaska you had to run into her at a at a grocery store i think she's wasilla outside of anchorage wasilla. we're more we're out there man we're like if you were on vacation in alaska yeah and your friends took you to where i live you'd be angry <laughs> like it's the mi like there's no whales there's no, I mean it's like if you'd you be say worst Airbnb ever yeah you'd be like this is <laughs> this is crap but there's some stuff there but it's the end of the tour it's if you do the elongated tour yeah like you end up it's it goes Anchorage you go north Denali Park Mount McKinley you go north another few hours Fairbanks so it's the interior where it's really the dark and the light thing yeah yeah so it's like dark and it's like a weird place like they say there's more suicides there. 
than anywhere else because of like the darkness and stuff and then it sucks because like when it's light out you know all the bodies are there Um, (laughs) do you you sometimes leave your car running on I almost missed it (laughs) I know I know (laughs) that's great I picked it up but you didn't laugh so I started to move forward yeah yeah, that's great yeah that's you know what you should write that down that's a that's a funny joke they just told that you should so uh, do you literally sometimes leave your car running all night because well, it gets that cold? We thankfully have a gr- like a garage, garage where you put it in there. And it's like in Alaska, if, you, if you're if you doing okay, the garage is like another room in your house. Like heated. it's that warm. It's heated like yeah. – and not just heaters, but like it's part of the heating because it gets so cold there, you know. Yeah. You, so, you, you know, it's not it's not too bad. It's, it's set up for cold. Sometimes I go to New York City and I'm like, it's so cold here because you're, and I live in Alaska, but it's because you're walking to the subway. It's yeah. not necessarily set up for the cold. Alaska, they're like, hey, if you're going to live here, we've done these things for you. Yeah, they've we've accepted got, their faith. But there's, but there's also a, a different mentality. You know, when, you, when people uh, from Alaska see the rest of America freaking out over an inch of snowfall and schools closing yes. and airports closing. People that live up north, Canadians and Alaska, they just look at and they just kind of shrug their shoulders totally. and smirk and laugh because they, we send kids to school in blizzards. We're, I think ours is 30 below is the cutoff for going outside for recess yeah, for children. Yeah, something ridiculous. 30 <laughs> below zero is the cutoff, I swear to God. Now, so, you, so you're so you not from Alaska, but are you like embracing Alaska? Are you going to be in the Iditarod or you're like one of I those guys? It, dude. You know what I might do? I might do Iditarod. And I was thinking about this earlier. I think I might stop working out because I was in Alaska – Working out at my gym with his dude, I work out with sometimes, and he was he was like, "Hey, dude, before we leave, let's do some abs." Yeah, and I was like, "Dude, do you realize how long it would take us to even show someone our abs in this weather? <laughs> Got to take our snow pants off. We have to stop the dog sled. Let's just get out of here. <laughs> let's go eat." <laughs> so you're at Rick's all weekend, man. You're there uh, tonight for two shows, Saturday for two shows. You have you been there? Have you been to the club? We've been there. Matter of fact, we went. Uh, you weren't in town. Uh, we went and saw Jenny Zagrino and uh, and loved her show. We, we had her in. She came in, and we went there. I've been to the club a few times. Yeah, I just love I, it there, and yeah. it's like a great – that's why I brought my son. There's only a few places I would have – he's never come with me before, and I go, man, I'm going to bring him here. Because I brought him to the club Wednesday to check it out because I want him to think that it's always this good. Yeah, in so my well, life. Now, now his kid thinks dad gets an unlimited supply of French fries at his beck and call whenever <laughs> he wants. That is funny because the place we stay here, it's such a beautiful place. There's like a pool, a gigantic pool with a uh, right outside the door. It's like a beautiful condo thing, and there's a pool table upstairs, a PS4. And I and my my friend who I brought an opening act, his name's Matt Bergman. Headlines everywhere. I can barely get him to open for me anymore, but yeah. he's with me this week. Flew in to open for me he lives in dc flew in um and he's friends with my son not in a weird way and uh but literally we're, we're in the pool yesterday and he just all of a sudden he gets this really serious look in his face is my son like jumped to the water and he goes over to my son he goes hey i want you to, i want to let you know i know your dad travels a lot and he goes it's never like this it's never like like this. i don't want my son like i going on the road leaving my family, picturing me just cannonballing off of the side of a pool <laughs> like this is a vacation it's normally he goes yeah. your dad writes all day and yeah. it's not normally this side. it was like that at one time and then they they stopped making it like that and then rick is but we were talking with francis de lorenzo and she and she literally refuses to stay in condos she's been a touring comic for uh, quite some time and uh she goes i won't stay in condos she goes except here Oh. That, as a matter of fact, I, I think you're doing the audience a disservice by not doing the show at the condo. We'll start doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll you, should, you know, you should do the after show condo show. After It'll be party. great. Yeah, we're do like. You, you'll do the show on the bus right over. And yeah. when they get yeah. out, we'll do the I'm show. Very on funny the on the bus. It'll yeah. be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> 
So you're there, you're there Sunday, of course, Memorial Day. Great yeah. night to go out. Uh, big night uh, for going out and get, seeing comedy. That's this Sunday night. Uh, we cannot thank you more for coming in, man. We Dude, really, this is great. Yeah, we appreciate it. You were at Rick Branson's House of Comedy tonight for two shows, Saturday for two shows, Sunday for one show. Pronounce your last name for me again so I don't get it wrong. Lisso. Lisso. Jamie Lisso, Lisso ladies and gentlemen. Rob Schneider's friend.com for whatever Schneider. you want Rob to know. Schneider, right? Rob Schneider's. Schneider. Schneider. Or you can go to Adam Sandler's friend's friend.com. Adam Sandler. Yeah, tell us about your podcast. Do I have a podcast? Do you have a podcast? I thought you said you were a podcast guy. You don't have a podcast. Oh, I love podcasts. I'm, you a, love I'm podcasts. a listener. Okay. I, I do have podcasting equipment. I was, thinking, I was thinking about doing <laughs> yeah. a, I was thinking, what do you think about this idea? I was thinking about doing a podcast for people that stop doing their podcast. Yeah. You know how they only do like one episode? I was going to interview all the because everybody starts doing a podcast. I actually have a podcast in the works that you personally are going to love, I think. And that would be? I'm doing a 10, it's just 10 episodes, but I've got four of them in the can, as they say. Um, and I don't mean like they're recorded. I mean, I've thrown them away. They're in the can. <laughs> it's, um, it's called, the. It's, it's not out yet, but it's called I Quit. And it's a little I, capital Q. And it's about people that quit things, and it didn't wasn't a bad thing. It was uh, good. It's about people that quit like high-paying jobs and followed their dreams and, you know, all, all these all these stories of people that and sometimes it's quitting alcohol or drugs and like what happened to them um, and so it's just a tense serious thing about quitting and, and doing what you want to do I like that man yeah, you, you should cool. definitely do that I think you're gonna if like you it. do that man let us know we would love to uh, put it up on our site comedy schools the last episode is about me quitting the podcast yeah and yeah. Uh, and you, it, it's an hour podcast and five minutes in you go that's it <laughs> and you walk off <laughs> I you tried know, to warn it's kind of like the last note of a Beatles song it's 55 minutes of beautiful <laughs> silence it just holds <laughs> just hits a C chord on a piano, man. So you can write material during hang. that time in your head. Yeah. Yeah. Or go get a sandwich. All right, Jamie, thank you so much for coming in. We Thanks, appreciate man. you. Rick, thank you for coming Bye, by. Everybody. You are always welcome, sir, this wherever we are. You are too kind. Li- you are listening to This American Podcast, Comedy Edition on ComedySchoolsRadio.com. We'll be right back when we decide to be. Thank you. Thank you. Oh.